On this episode of This is Game Boy, a surprising lack of actual dragons. Welcome to a, another fun-filled episode of This Is Game Boy. Uh, I am E Bloody Candy, and with me, as always in the big episodes, is Wella. Hello, everybody. I guess not always. Every, everybody, not life and life, of course. Yeah. Everybody 90, watching. Hello. Ninety-nine percent of the time, Wella and I, unless it's Battletoads, then it's Hero and Wella, because Battletoads <laughs> is true. a bad game. Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh yeah again streaming this uh live streaming this and recording on retro gaming live tv and then obviously recording offline for those that like to listen on youtube and soundcloud and what other podcast provider that you you listen on so mm-hmm. uh, giving it to you in all different directions right now uh, before we dive into this uh, action-packed, fistful episode here, uh, Mo, what have you been up to? I've, I've been playing some games. I uh, see that. It's, it's, yeah, it's been a while since I actually played... Well, I didn't play many, many games. I, I've just been playing long games, I guess. Um, but I'll, I'll start with what I've been playing on Game Boy, actually. I'm getting close to 500 games complete. Well, not... Technically, that's not true, because I did play Gen 2, 3, and 4 of Pokemon already, so those don't count, But because uh, I always do Pokemon when we get to 100 games. But let's say I'm almost done with 500 games on Game Boy. I uh, think I have two left or something like that. Um, but yeah, I haven't been playing many of them. Uh, but I did finish uh, Bomberman GB3. Uh, that's a Bomberman game that only came out in Japan, sadly. I don't know why, because all the other ones came out in Europe uh, and the US, so it's weird that they didn't port this one. But there is a fan translation. Not that you technically need it, of course, because it's Bomberman. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty easy to find out how to play Bomberman. Uh, but they do put in some mechanics there that might need a little explanation. Uh before you understand completely how to do it. Um, and so far, this is the best and easiest classic Bomberman game I've played on Game Boy. Uh, I've done the first one, which is great until you come to the final boss. Um, and you will be hearing more about that in a future episode, actually. Um, I've done Wario Blast, which I think is Bomberman 2. In Japan, we we got Wario Blast for some reason. They, they just put too. another character in there. Um, but then in Japan, it's just a normal Bomberman game. That one is all right. Uh, just a little lengthy because of how some of the stages work. Uh, but yeah, this is probably the, the most unique classic one. It actually has like more stages and not just fights like in the other two. Uh, so yeah, it's probably the best and the easiest one because you get overpowered way too quickly in this one uh, because you can buy upgrades. But I had a lot of fun playing it and all the bosses were fun to play. Uh, so it's, well, we it's had, a good game. We had Atomic Punk too featuring Bomberman. That's Dino Blaster, which oh. I think is Bomberman... 
four? I don't know. It's it's weird. It's just like that licensing thing. It's for Bomberman. It's weird. Like one is two and three is fifteen and and seven is Wario Blast. Who even knows? It's just Bomberman. Uh, but yeah, Dino Blaster is uh, is Atomic Punk or Bomberman, whatever number it is. I haven't done that one yet. That's the last classic one I have to do. Uh, but you also have the platforming Bomberman game on Game Boy, which is really cool. Uh, is that just Pocket or is that the Game Boy Color one? Can't remember. I don't remember. Game, the Game Boy Color one is also really cool, actually. That's a, a Zelda clone. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that that's a really good one as well. Um, I've also played, by your request, Masakari Densetsu Kintaru Action Hand. That's a really fun game. Um, luckily, again, there is a translation for this. Not so much for the gameplay again, but because it's actually a very funny game. Yeah. I think it's based on a on a manga or or an anime for sure, uh, and it it tells the first arc of the story. Uh, but it has a translation. It's a very funny game, um, and I loved it until I got to a point where you needed to do something that was never explained in the game. Um, and I lost literally all my lives and, and upgrades because of that. So the end for me was way harder than it should have been. Because uh, I didn't game over completely. And I think there's passwords anyways. But uh, yeah, I, I lost all my one-ups and the end got a lot harder because of that. But that's a really cool game, which we should probably do an, a full episode on. Because nobody's going to know this game at all. I want to I want to play the RPG of it too because there's there's two there's two of the yeah. games there's the platformer which I had you play and then there's the RPG which I need to f- see if there's a translation hack for there is not no yeah, I figured uh, there wasn't. I looked it up uh, but yeah that is literally the sequel to this so when this game ends it's like uh, like somebody says like you need some training blah 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 to become a better. Uh, sumo wrestler i guess uh or, or action hero and then he's like yeah we're going to kyoto or tokyo to train you and i think that's where the second game takes off gotcha. but that's an rpg uh, yeah. so oh, unless it gets translated we will not be able to play but it looks really good actually so yeah uh, i hope they, I, I hope they do i tried to play the rpg a bit because i don't obviously don't know japanese but I was like, I wonder how far I can get into it. In fact, the little bit I could play was actually pretty fun. But the mm-hmm. uh, the platformer version I had you play, up until the very end where you had to swing the axe to swing on the logs, everything was perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, that, that mechanic is a little weird, but yeah. that's not even the thing I'm talking about. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, if we do an episode on it, we'll dive more into it. But uh, if you don't know the game, check it out. Masakari Densetsu cool Kintaru Action Han. Uh, and it has a translation. It's a super cool um, game. Yeah. I've also been playing uh, Paperboy 2. Um, look, I... I Never grew up with Paperboy. I'm sure Paperboy is fine on Nintendo and Super Nintendo and things like that. But Paperboy on Game Boy is literally <laughs> unplayable because the screen is too zoomed in. Like, you cannot see anything coming. So it's all just uh, play and pray, basically, to get through that game. Um, sadly, unlike Paperboy 1, uh, where you just have to get through a week... Uh, in this game, you have three streets you have to do, basically, like Easy Street, Medium Street, and Hard Street. They're all different. 
Uh, so, so it's not just a difficulty spike. They, they are actually different. And you need to get through all three of them, each having seven days, of course, because Sunday newspapers, I, I still don't get it. Uh, that's a thing we don't really have. Uh, Sunday newspapers are like free newspapers you can pick up at like bakeries and things like that. We don't, we don't have genuine newspapers on Sunday here, so... Uh, that sucks. <laughs> it's seven days a week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm currently on Medium Street, which I just played for like half an hour or something, but it, it already took me like four hours to get through Easy Street, so it's going to take a while before I beat that game. Um, but yeah, I never played Paperboy on Game Boy. That's all I can say. I don't even know how the speedrunners are doing it. It's Paper- crazy to see. Paperboy Game Boy is rough. Like a uh, Paperboy NES is fine because you can find like that safe like avenue, like that little safe valley where nothing can hurt you, so you can just run that straight line and just throw your paper. But mm-hmm. game there's something with the Game Boy, like it's not just like the zoom in, like that's hard enough, but like the hitboxes are different as well on the Game Boy. So there is no safe line. At least from what I can tell in the Game Boy, it's just literally memorizing the game, which sucks. Yeah, plus you can't even do it because it's all RNG anyway, yeah. so it's not it's not like it's the same thing every time. Uh, and even in this version, um, in the first one, uh, all the houses are the same, so you kind of know at least what is coming up. In this, even the houses are randomized, so you never know what you're going to get before you start playing. Of course they are. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I'll I'll get through it. Like I've suffered enough with Paperboy One to know what I was up against. So, uh, and this yeah. does play better, and you can earn extra lives, which is not possible in the first one. Yeah. So, uh, at least there's that. But uh, the only way to get an extra life is by doing a perfect, uh, perfect delivery. Um, and if you miss one, you lose a house. So the next time you do get all of them, it doesn't count because you've lost one. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. The way to play but, the game uh, is just to break all the windows and just keep one house. N- well, that does not work in this one. In the first one, that works because you can't have extra lives. But in this one, that, that is totally not possible. You need those extra lives. Yeah. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> Um, besides Game Boy, I've been trying to complete Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age. Um, I don't know if we've talked about our Final Fantasy preferences here nope. yet. Uh, yet. But twelve story-wise, is the most awful thing ever made, because it's just a rip-off of Star Wars, and nothing Agreed. interesting happens throughout that entire game. Luckily, with the Zodiac Age, you can skip literally everything. So that's what I did. So uh, don't ask me what the game is about. Something, something, uh, rebels and politics and Darth Vader lookalikes, whatever. That, that's literally the game. Uh, but yeah, playing it is fun because you can speed it up times four as well in this version. Um, and I love the gameplay in 12. I think it's really well done and I kind of wish they brought that system back because literally the game plays itself after a while which is fantastic really you're just sitting there uh you do have to pay attention sometimes but uh, it's just fun to fly through that game uh but i'm almost at the end i just need one more random trophy that's 
gonna take me either an hour or 20 million years because it's literally RNG. Um, and then I have to do like the extra mode they added is like a trial mode or a battle mode. Uh, I have 20 fights left there and then I'm completely done with it. And I don't think I'm ever gonna play Final Fantasy 12 again after that, even though I like the gameplay, but it's just not, uh, not one of the ones I would pick back up again. Uh, I just wanted to do it for for once I wanted to complete the game uh, because that's what I do of course but definitely when it comes to RPGs I always want to find everything and do all the extra bosses and things like that so I'm just finally doing it so I can uh, get rid of it completely um, then I've played Beardblade which is a game that I uh, luckily won uh, on Twitter with a raffle uh, but it's a game that I had seen um, like two years ago or something while watching uh, Indie Land, which is something that uh, Gerard Khalil, a completionist, organizes twice a year where they show off uh, indie games and they uh, do it for charity. I think it's uh, for for uh, like dementia, I think. Uh, it's, a, it's a charity drive, but it's all with indie developers and they're showing off their new games or the, the games they're working on currently. So I, I had seen that game uh, and it looked really cool. It's just a simple platformer, I would say, but it's definitely inspired by games like Donkey Kong Country, uh, Wario Land, uh, even Sonic a little bit in some stages. Um, and it has amazing, amazing soundtrack. I absolutely love the soundtrack. It plays really well. Um, and for now, you can only get it on Steam, I believe. And I'm not sure what their plans are for console versions. But uh, if you want like a really smooth platforming game where you have to do a little bit of exploration to find like hidden items and things like that, it's it's a amazing game. I really love playing it. I'm almost done with it. I'm in the final uh, world as far as I know. Um, and if you know Gerard, the completionist, the character looks exactly like him, even Literally though, like him. <laughs> yeah, even though it has nothing to do with him at all. <laughs> but it's it's very weird that he looks so much like him. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then of course, of course, I would be playing this Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. Kirby. Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. Yeah, what a game! I absolutely love it. I think it's my favorite. Kirby game uh, next to, and I always say Fun Pack because that's how uh, <laughs> what I grew up with. But the Super, Super Nintendo yeah. one, Superstar. There we go. Yeah, I, I will always call it Fun Pack. But uh, yeah, I haven't had th this much fun with a Kirby game since that one. Not that the others were bad or anything. I, I don't mean that. But uh, I just loved what they did with this game. Uh, and I'm almost done, but I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I'm at 96% and I don't know what to do to get the final figurine. And I'm sure that's not going to be 4%, so I'm just looking around for things that I might have missed, but I have no idea why. Uh, what? It's better than Star Allies, that's for sure. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Let me turn some lights on here. There we go. Star Allies, what a trash game that was. <laughs> well, I don't agree with that, but it's it's not like this is a, in a leak on its own, actually. 
Amazing game. Everybody should pick up this game. It's an actual Kirby game, not a makeshift. Here's two power-ups and star allies Kirby game. Yeah, and the first 3D one, I guess. If you don't count yeah. the N64 one, but that's more 2.5D anyway, so. That's true. Yeah. So, that's uh, that's all I've been doing. So, what have you been up to? <clears throat> uh, I've been playing a lot of Carby. Uh, at least when I have a chance to play Carby, I've been playing a lot of it. Uh, I'm at 77%, but you know where I am in the game, so yep. no, no spoilerinos there. Um, what else have I been doing? A lot of long play stuff. So I've been uploading all of my long plays recently, so I think I have I think eight NES long plays up now. So from like Mega Man 3 to... Adventures of King, uh, Adventure Kingdom, or whatever that that Disney game is called, Magic Kingdom, Adventures of Magic right. Kingdom. Um, and then I've been doing some Game Boy Advance long plays, which is a system I never thought I'd actually take a hold of because I just don't like GBA at all. But uh, Egg Mania is phenomenal. Like Egg Mania for the Game Boy Advance, highly recommend it. It's a, probably one of the funnest puzzle games I've ever played. And it's a very creative game. It's really easy, too. And it has, like, three different levels to it, like, th three different difficulties to it, and all of them are relatively easy. You get, like, these little, like, Tetris blocks, and you have to build a tower to the hot air balloon. But, like, you have to keep everything, like, structurally integral. So, like, you have this meter. If it starts to go into red, that means, like, your structure doesn't have integrity. And if you keep building up without adding integrity to your structure, it's going to collapse. So you have to keep rebuilding if it collapses. It's actually a really cool game. Um, <laughs> then I did, I did Britney's Dance Beat on the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> um, Mo watched me play that. Uh, what a yeah. what an exciting forty five minutes that was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listening to the same five Britney Spears songs uh, for forty five minutes, and then I did. Um, what was the other Game Boy Advance game that I did? I did American uh, Idol. American Idol. Yeah, that game yeah. was actually pretty fun, oddly enough. That game was actually pretty enjoyable. Um, WarioWare, the the mini game, the micro mini game one, the one where you don't have to use the motion control on the Game Boy Advance. The other one, that one, it took me a while to play through it because I got really bored of it because. It's the same goddamn thing for you know for the entire game, but it's pretty good for what it is. Uh, I definitely understand the appeal to WarioWare games, but it's something I wouldn't sit down and play for hours on end. Um, oh, and I played In Sync Get to the Show for the Game Boy Color, made by Infogrames. Um, that game is a heap. Let me tell you what, uh, it's real bad. Don't play it. Don't even look it up. It's not worth it. I promise. Um, just because it says the word in sync on it doesn't mean it deals with anything in sync at all. It puts their <laughs> names in there and it puts the band name in there. That's all it is. <laughs> you don't do anything. Much. You don't do anything music related in the game at all. So <laughs> um, it's pretty pretty bad. But uh, beyond that, let's see what else I've been doing. Wow, classic, obviously, because that's a thing still. And um, I started, I finally started playing 
Um, the heck is it called? This one, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. Because it's the only Splinter Cell I haven't played yet. And for some reason, the old like none of the Splinter Cells work on PC anymore because Windows 11 Chaos Theory came out when Windows XP was a thing. So mm-hmm. compatibility is an issue with the, all the Splinter Cell games now on PC. So I had to buy... <laughs> I had to buy the original Xbox version <laughs> and install it onto the Xbox One to play it. So it's the only Splinter Cell I haven't played in the series. And with the remake coming out, uh, I think within the next year or so, according to Ubisoft, I wanted to uh, get my hands dirty with uh, Sam Fisher again and see see how much I love the series again, see if I still kept that love for the series. And I did. It's still very enjoyable. The games still have a lot of replay value, so pretty excited. I mean, I have 120 hours in Blacklist, so, I mean, I should. Wow. <laughs> I should. And I have, like, I think 80 hours in Conviction, so I should enjoy Splinter Cell games. Um, Pokemon Arceus. I never even finished Pokemon Arceus. <laughs> I got to like I think I got like halfway into the game and I was just like I'm done. I don't know why I just lost interest. I'll probably go back and just like speed run it, quote unquote, just like casually just burn through the game as fast as I can, just so I can see the ending. But otherwise, like I just right. don't I just don't care anymore. If <laughs> if it would have gave me a shiny, I maybe would have cared, but I, I never got a shiny and I got mad. So yeah, Pokemon. Arceus or Arceus or we, we still don't know how to pronounce it apparently uh, but that is like the one Pokemon game I never hear anybody talk about ever so I'm like I guess nobody's really that interested in it after all I love the idea of it like open world like running around hiding grass and surprise Pokemon and throw the balls at them and wildlife type deal like i love the concept of it it's just i don't know i it's just it's so monotonous and repetitive because like the story is just like look at me i walked got onto this island through the sky because time travel and it's like okay who cares a and then b it's like you're gonna go join this team to catch pokemon oh my god you caught pokemon it's like what am i 10 like don't hold my hand like I'm 10 years old, please. Like, I've been playing Pokemon since the first one ever came out. And I, I don't know. It just, it, it, tri- like, I get Pokemon is meant more meant for, like, children and younger, younger people, right? But, like, it literally treated me like I was five years old the entire time I played it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be treated like a five-year-old anymore. <laughs> I just want to go out and throw Pokeballs. So... <laughs> And it wouldn't let me do that a lot of times. Like, the intro is, like, an hour and a half long of nothing. And it's just like, okay, like, I don't need this. So, that's where I was at with Pokemon Arceus. I was like, well, meh. I even deleted the recordings because I was like, you know what? I don't even remember how to play the game anymore. And I had to relearn how to play the game. And, yeah, it's just not worth it. But, uh, yeah, so I, oh, and Beard Blade. So I saw you play Beard Blade. Beard Blade. Beer Blade. Man, that'd be a good game too. Beard Blade. Uh, <laughs> and I uh, I ended up buying that and installing it onto Steam. It's less than one gig somehow. So, And it looked like there was a lot of game there for 
what it was. So I'll probably end up playing that somewhat soon. And then um, I want to play through Final Fantasy X because I got I finally got the the PS4 remake of X. Yeah. So I want to play through that eventually. I won't platinum it, but I want to play through that. Again, I, I would not recommend it. I yeah. gave up. <laughs> Uh, because I ten, because because ten is my favorite of the series. I don't. I hate ten two. I think ten two is awful, and they sh- that should have never been released. Period. But I think Final Fantasy ten itself is probably one of the, in my opinion, one of the best in the series. I think twelve is awful as well too. So, um, and fourteen had its moments after the DLCs came out, or not fourteen, uh, thirteen, the one the one with lightning, whatever one that's not the MMO. Um, yeah, thirteen. Yeah, yeah thirteen. So it, like the base game was meh, but the DLCs were made the game better at least. But uh, and seven is overrated. It's good, but it's overrated. <laughs> it's, I, I'm not saying it's bad. It's a good game. It's just overrated. Nine is also a decent game as well too, but everyone will argue against that. So who would do that? Nine I don't is know. Freaking awesome. People love eight more than nine, and I don't understand that either. So. Nine for me is the end of Final Fantasy. Everything that came after it is just an RPG. Yeah, that doesn't feel like Final Fantasy. I like ten as well for playing it, but besides that, it's like sure, <laughs> it's there, I guess. Under underwater soccer. Yeah, fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, t- t- I love ten, but all the m- mini games in that game, which are needed to get the final weapons for your guys, are the worst things ever thought of <laughs> in mankind. Like, I'd agree with that. here, dodge the lightning tree under times. Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> I'd agree it's, with it's that. It's awful. I would yeah, but but otherwise the game is fine, and you don't need those ultimate weapons if you're just True. trying to finish it at least. I mean, that's, that can be said for almost every Final Fantasy game. You don't need the yeah. ultimate weapon to beat the game. You just need to have high enough levels and material level to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I've been up. Oh, and then retro stuff and the 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 physical versions of retro stuff for legs, but people already know about. That stuff, and we talk about in the closing now, in a way. So, <clears throat> um, yeah. so yeah, that's really all I've been up to lately. It's just long plays and getting getting YouTube up and running. So, uh, so yeah, well, with all of that, that was a long update for us. It's been a while since we had an actual intro because we've been so busy with other things. Yeah, with um, not playing video games. Yeah, with not playing video games. So it was nice to have an intro there. It was good. But uh, yeah, we're going to take a quick short break here. When we come back, we're going to dive into Double Dragon for the Game Boy. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. So, uh, generally, we just go right into the general overview, but uh, 
Modus, some, some deep diving into uh, some Double Dragon history, it looks like. So I'll let you yeah. take it away. Yeah, it's just going to be a short overview, but it's just nice to know where uh, where Double Dragon comes from. Because most people know Double Dragon. You, you've you probably played a Double Dragon game, even if, if you're as old as us or like much younger than us like double dragon is definitely a well-known franchise and um the best thing that came out the last few years of it and i think they just re-released this is double dragon neon of course which is an amazing game it's it's a really good game uh sadly there's also double dragon 4 which everybody ignores because it's a piece of garbage but uh it exists at least and i think they also released the uh the arcade versions one, two, and three, if I remember correctly, a few years ago on uh, on Steam and consoles. Um, but yeah, Double Dragon actually is not its own thing, as you might think. Um, first, Technos I guess made uh, Cunio the arcade game, um, and people definitely know Cunio as well because there are seven million games in that series. Um, at least the arcade version of Cunio was called Renegade in the US. Uh, and Renegade also came uh, in the U- Did I say US or NES? Now I'm... US. Yeah, okay. In the US. So it came out as Renegade in the arcade in the US and it got converted into an NES game that everybody knows. Uh, but that original Cunio game was basically the start of beat-em-ups. Um it was very, very standard where it was only one screen where enemies would spawn in from left and right. You remain on that screen until you've beaten the boss and then you went on to the next setting, basically. Um, but after a while, they made a spin-off to that Kunio game or Renegade, and that one was actually called Dr- Double Dragon. So, um, yeah, it didn't start as its own thing at all. It was just a continuation of the series, but they wanted to steer away from the franchise they set up with Cunio. Uh, Cunio later became much more um, recognizable, I guess, in the US and the EU as um, River City Ransom. Um, I don't remember the European name for that game. I know it's something else, but uh, that's definitely one that everybody knows, and everybody knows those type of characters, like the squished-in little guys uh, that, that keep fighting, and they have been getting used in like all kinds of spin-off games ever since, like sports games, uh, silly sports games actually. Uh, and latest uh, like release of it is basically River City Girls, uh, which came out a few years ago. And I think Zero River City Girls series coming out soon. Uh, so it was called Street Gangs in Europe and Australia. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I knew it was a different name, but uh, but yeah, everybody knows those characters, but also everybody knows a Double Dragon character, of course. Um, but if you've never played the arcade version, definitely check it out. And that's all I'm going to say, check it out, because it is not fun to play at all. Um, it was a masterpiece back in the day with what they tried to do, because it supported two players. Um, it had the first beat-em-up where you could travel through a level. It had many enemies and many different moves you could use. Sadly, it runs at like two frames per second. Like, 
the original arcade cabinet runs at like two frames per second. It's unbelievable how slow that game uh, plays. And it's, in my opinion, at least not even worth playing uh, because of that. But luckily, the game got ported to NES. And that was a really, really good version of the game. Um, I'm sure everybody played the NES version at one point in their life. Um, yeah, that, that's just a, a fantastic game. And later on, of course, it needed to get ported to uh, to Game Boy as well. And that's the one we are going to be talking about. Um, but you can see the Kunio influences on Game Boy, actually, because of Double Dragon 2 on Game Boy. Um, that is actually not Double Dragon at all, because it came out in Japan as another Kunio game, um, very much resembling what they set up in Renegade, but then with moving stages, basically, where you could go on. But if you remember in Renegade, you start at like a platform at a train and you can punch or kick people off of the train platform. They kept those parts in in, uh, in the Game Boy version as well. Um, but yeah, in Japan, it's like you are playing with the Kunio characters, but of course, because Double Dragon was way more popular uh, yeah, overseas, like in the US and in the EU, they actually changed all the sprites to the Double Dragon characters and made the story more about the Double Dragon characters. Um, but they also kind of changed the mechanics a little bit. Um, so they are technically two different games, even though 75% of it is the same. But it's really cool to... Uh, check out both games and see how much they differ from each other. Um, but yeah, of course, we're not going to be talking about Double Dragon 2. Maybe in a later episode we can uh, take a deeper look into that game. But we will be talking about the original port, quote-unquote, from the NES version of Double Dragon. So, again, not the arcade version at all. It's definitely a quote-unquote because yeah. <clears throat> the Game Boy version is drastically different well not drastically but it, it's pretty different um, yeah but yeah no like i i like the uh i i like the kunio games on game boy a lot more than the double dragon games mo mo knows this because i was like hey did you see this game recording he's like yeah it's double dragon 2 i'm like yeah it's way better <laughs> than double <laughs> dragon so yeah. it's um, harder than double dragon 2 on super game boy. hard yeah. super super hard but uh, I think they're a lot more fun. But yeah, general overview of the Double Dragon port for uh, Game Boy is um, Japan got it in uh, oh, you, Europeans and your dates, uh, July 20th of 1990. And then it came out in August of 1990 in America and then 1990 in EU as well. Developed by Technos, published by Trade West and Nintendo in Europe, and then composed by Kazu Kazunaka Yamane. I'm so good with Japanese names. <laughs> I, I, it's probably Yamane. <laughs> Yamane. Yam Yamane. I'm so good with Japanese names. Just <laughs> knock it out of the park every time. Uh, their most recent work is well, Double Dragon Four. Uh, which is a little unfortunate, but it's not an awful game, but it's not a, it didn't hold up to the true double dragon standards. In my opinion, mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, they did, uh, <clears throat> pretty much all the double dragon games, uh, that you can think of. 
And then they had a special things in River City Ransom. So, because River City Ransom, I think, has a Double Dragon song in it, even. If I remember correctly. It's been a while since I played River City Ransom, so. I think so, yeah. But, uh... But yeah, genre beat him up. Uh, I guess the game—it's uh, a beat em up, but it's also a platformer on the Game Boy as well, too. So or on on any console version, they yeah. always have a little bit of platforming. Yeah, but it's so much worse on the Game Boy. <clears throat> um, so that's the general overview of Double Dragon. <laughs> um, the plot—you like throwing the plot, so I'll let you do that one. I'll, yeah, I'll dive into the plot. The, I think everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, unquote, plot. Yeah, I think everybody knows the plot, actually, of, of Double Dragon. Save but, your uh, girlfriend from Bimmy. <laughs> from Bimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> oh, boy. That is, it's true. Isn't, wait. Try to think now. No, isn't no whatever. Bimmy right. and Jimmy, I think was two, wasn't it? Uh, that I don't remember. I, don't I do remember. know that that B- <laughs> it's Bimmy and something else in Double Dragon Neon where they actually made oh, their really? enemies. I never played yeah, Neon, so it's it's Bimmy and something else. I don't remember <laughs> what it is, but it's really funny. Uh, so yeah, let's uh let's take a look at the Double Dragon story. So, Double Dragon is a story of Billy and Jimmy Lee, twin brothers who learn to fight on the tough streets of the city. Their expert knowledge of the martial arts combined with their street smarts has made them both formidable fighting machines. But now Billy is faced with his greatest challenge. His girlfriend Marion has been kidnapped by the Black Warriors, the savage street gang of the mysterious Shadow Boss. Using whatever weapons come to hand, bats, oil drums, whips, knives, rocks, and even dynamite, Billy must pursue the gang through the slums, factories, and wooden outskirts of the city to reach the hideout for his final confrontation with the Shadow Boss, his brother Jimmy. Which is actually, and this is I, I'm telling this from the manual, of course, uh, from for the Game Boy version. That is actually completely not correct for the Game Boy version because you never fight Jimmy. No. <laughs> so it's it's completely wrong. But yeah, whatever. It's a port of the NES game. What can we say? Yeah, they li- they literally copied the story of the NES version. But yeah, you do not fight Jimmy at all in this version. <laughs> you can only play as uh, as Billy. Yeah. As well. So basically, it's single dragon. Uh, yeah. And not double dragon. <laughs> there's no two dragons. <laughs> there's no two dragons. So. The only time, the only time there's two dragons is when you get the the, the link cable in there, and then you play as Billy and Bimmy. So. Yeah, then um, you play that versus mode <laughs> yeah, against each other. It's not worth having, but whatever. Not not worth having at all. But uh, I, I'm I'm convinced they because uh, like the we'll get to the box art in a minute, but they, they literally took the box art from the NES game. I was conv- yep. I'm convinced too that they took literally the manual from the NES too, and just replaced yep. the screenshots with the Game Boy. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Um. That's what I, I'm convinced of. That like I mean, it's it's an easy it's an easy easy grab, right? Oh, Double Dragon on NES. I love Double Dragon on the NES. Oh, it's on the Game Boy, and I can play it during a road trip. Perfect, and they play it and they hate yeah. it. So, um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, going into the gameplay now. Controls your D pad moves you around. This game has the um, 
the Z axis, so to speak, to it, where you can walk, you know, your X axis left to right, but you can also move in a depth, so you can go on the Z axis of further away and closer up. It doesn't change the sprite size at all. It just gives you the sense of like, hey, there's actually ground to move on and beat people up on. Uh, your A button punches, your B button kicks. Um, if you is it A and B at the same time, you jump. Yep. And then uh, C manual for extra moves. So you have in true Double Dragon fashion, you have the the jump kicky thing. Yeah. Okay. Good one. Notes. You have the jump kicky thing. You have the the spin kick. Let's see if it actually wants to work this time. There it goes. I don't want to download the PDF. Thank you. All right. This is what happens when you can't. Okay, here we go. Oh yeah, attacking <laughs> the enemy. You got an uppercut. You got an over shoulder throw. You got a hair a hair pull kick. You got an elbow punch, a low kick, a spin kick, a jump kick. And then, then you have, yeah. I would yeah, like to those, see. Those are all your moves, yeah. That's all the moves. We did it. We've done it, everyone. I knew <laughs> we could do it. For some reason, like, whenever I opened up the PDF, it opened up my web browser to, like, my Amazon stuff. I was like, I, what? <laughs> like, right. Well, all right. We're going to learn how to do the Clorox move and uh, <laughs> move on from there. So... In the NES version, you have to level up your character, right? So you got to beat people up and you get experience, so to speak, that allows you to unlock your moves. So like, that's how you unlock your spin kick, which everyone loves to use in the Double Dragon games. Uh, in the Game Boy version, uh, you start with everything right out of the gate. So you can elbow punch and spin kick as soon as the game fades into play, so... Um, mechanics for this game, pretty similar to the NES Double Dragon, I'd say. Um, score-based, so you get an extra life after 2,000-ish points. Uh, there are yeah, no... Yeah, it's, 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 it's either 2,000 or 20,000. I don't remember exactly yeah, I, which digits it has, but it's, it's when you hit that two in front of yeah. it, and you get it. But there's no continues in it, so... Pretty similar, I believe, to Double Dragon 1 on NES. I think um, so. But uh, the respawn for this game <laughs> is a little rough. Uh, you don't respawn where you lost your life. So just like in the, in the NES version, when you die, you spawn where you died. And you can keep fighting throughout the stage. In the Game Boy version, uh, you either start at the start of the stage or a checkpoint. Nine times out of ten, you're probably going to end up respawning at the start of the stage because mm -hmm. the checkpoints are horrendous in this game. Um, so that's the unfortunate piece to to die in this game is there no 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 uh, continues and the checkpoints are horrendous. So uh, which is probably what adds the difficulty to this game, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. You have to, of course realize that this game is shorter than its yeah. NES counterpart, so it kind of makes up for it, but it's still rough if you're used to respawning where you die from the NES versions. So. 
Because, yeah, I mean, you lost all your progress in this case. You have to do everything again. And if you're yeah. uh, playing badly, it, you can, yeah, just like, get stuck on, on some part if you're not careful. Well, we just get stuck on the cave of Bobo. That's all you get stuck on. <laughs> and then you game yes. over, and then you play through the game again, and you get stuck on the cave of Bobo again. <laughs> and it's just rinse and repeat from there. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, enemies of this game, your three main enemies are the Williams, the Linda, and the Lopar. I gotta pull up the manual again. Yeah, Lopar is the, the, the guys that throw the barrels. The barrels, um, yeah. Yeah. In, in the NES version, those are the guys with uh, uh, how do you call that? On your fist. The metal knuckles. Oh, brass knuckles. Brass knuckles, there we go. Yeah. Those yeah, those so, guys. yep, your low par is your barrel thrower. Your Williams is the one with, like, the baseball bats. Your Linda are the ones with the whip. Then yep. you have the Chintai, which is, like, these shirtless ninja people, which I think is a boss question mark? that's a boss at the start okay, yeah, yeah. It, it's like in in normal beat-em-up fashion first you face something as a boss and then it's oh that's right turns it turns into, into an, an, enemy. an enemy just like the obobos yeah. do yeah yeah God, this manual's all over the place but yeah so linda's the whip lopar's the barrel williams in this game is the baseball bat or the brass knuckles whichever they want to wield this time around back to the notes <laughs> like it's so nice having the notes on the phone because it's right here and it's crushed and everything it's like nice and condensed but having to jump between different things is a nightmare yeah um, i can imagine because i was ill prepared and didn't get my notes on the damn computer so <laughs> uh so then we go into the stages and there are four stages in this game uh stage one is the city slum just like in Double Dragon on NES, you spawn into what looks like a back alley, and you basically brawl your way uh, through the end there, where you face off against your Lindas, your Williams, and your Lopars. Um, I believe there's a sprite limit in this game as well, too, uh, because yes, I've never had more than, I think, two... Uh, sprites on the screen, uh, enemy sprites yeah. on the screen at the same time. So I believe there's a sprite limit. So you won't ever be like overwhelmed, so to speak, like you might be in the NES version. But the hitboxes are, in my opinion, a bit weird in this one because of that Z axis. You can be like below them and they can still hit you, even though you're not on the same plane as them. The hitboxes are a little jank in that, but um, one of my favorite parts about this is that like, if a person's carrying a weapon, like a, a, a sword or something, and they decide to throw it, they can do friendly fire and hit their hit their teammate and yeah. kill them and knock them out, so that's always a good time. Uh, but yeah, there's a sprite limit, only two enemy sprites on the screen at a time, or two boss sprites, whichever it may be, wherever you're at in the game. Um, so you have that to look forward to, so you can know, you don't, you, you kind of know instinctively what's going to happen once you once you kill one or kill both so um once you chug through the city slums uh you get to the end where you face off against the uh 
I have the giant Abobo as the mission one boss. Why do yeah. I have? It is okay. Yeah, sure. Was, it's Abobo. It's yeah, everyone's it, favorite character of Double Dragon, Abobo. Yeah. Okay. I, I was in my head. I was like, we just talked about the mission one boss, and it was not the Abobo. Okay. <laughs> so in my notes, I have the mission one boss being the um the giant the giant Abobo, which. Uh, you can kind of you can kind of juke out a bit, but before we get into that, let's talk about some of the pitfalls in the game and how to like how they can either be your enemy or your best friend. So before you get into like the giant abobo, you're presented with this like warehousey room, whatever else, and there's a big pit uh, at the bottom of the screen. If you fall into the pit, you die, obviously, and then you start from the checkpoint, but. Uh, you can use this to your advantage because if you can push back a person into the pit or an enemy NPC into the pit, they fall into the pit and they die. So it's like if you're having a tough time fighting a certain enemy and there's a pit nearby, you should probably utilize that pit somehow. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the pit mechanics here probably in the next next stage with uh, Mr. Abobo. So... Um, but yeah, the pit mechanics and the, and the pit mechanics can be a little weird too because it looks like you might be walking on air some of the times too, and some of the times it looks like you're on the platform but you'll actually fall into the pit. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. because of where they decide the floor ought to be, and because of how the the pixel tiles just have to be on Game Boy. So do be careful if you are around the pitfalls. But going into the giant Abobo fight. Uh, the Bobo fight is just a nonsensical fight because he can outrange you with his attacks because he's just so much longer than you. Mm -hmm. Um, what I personally found to be the most effective is to like run inside of him, punch him, and then run back and then run out of his hitbox. Otherwise, he just grabs you and punches you and throws you across the room if you don't leave fast enough. Uh, if you stand too far away, he'll just kick you, and you don't think the kick is going to land or reach you at all, but uh, no, it does. It'll hit you, and you just kind of have to hope for the best. Otherwise, what most people do, I think, is figure out that that little like plane glitch thing where like, okay, I'm right below him here. He can't hit me, but I can hit him type deal, and... Exactly, yeah. And, and cheat. So... Cheat. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's literally how you play most beat-em-ups, but yeah. <laughs> no. Not, at least Double Dragon has always worked that way, where you can, like, diagonally slide to where you need to be, but they can't hit you. It, it, it always works perfectly in these games. Cheating. That's what we call that. <laughs> um. Cheating. Yeah. So uh, once you beat the giant Abobo, you move on to the industrial area. So uh, this one here, you spawn into basically an industrial building. And it's kind of a cool stage. It looks really interesting, honestly, because like graphically, like detail-wise of the actual like stage itself, it looks really well done. Uh, for a game that came out in 1990, like the sprite work in this game is top notch. Like it's it's phenomenal. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, this is also one of the stages where they uh, it comes back later. But basically, this entire stage is only 
uh, on two levels, so without the Z-axis. Um, so it turns more into a normal platforming game. And this is also where they introduce the platforming mechanics uh, of the game, where you have to jump over some pits here and there. They're easy to uh, to get over, uh, for sure. Uh, but the only time you go back into uh, the three planes uh, is at the end of the stage, actually. Once you get uh, to the roof, it's, yeah. Yeah, but otherwise it's just a two-dimensional playground yep. basically yeah the stage also introduces the uh everyone's favorite uh um uh, belt platforms where they can move you side to side um the, the conveyor belts that's what the, the conveyor belts yeah. conveyor belts um so yeah there's conveyor belts in the in the in the factory stage like what mo said this is your typically this is your 2d platformer right here um there there is no there is no Z axis this time around. And with it being a pretty vertical stage as well, too, because there's a lot of ladders towards the end to climb up, uh, the game will actually lock you if you don't defeat all the enemies on screen. So if you start to climb up a ladder and it doesn't go, you look down like, oh, there's two enemies below the ladder. Go beat up the two enemies and go climb the ladder afterwards mm -hmm. because the the game isn't kind when it let the game isn't kind letting you skip stuff at all. Just like normal double dragon games so um as you get through this uh as you keep climbing up you you go outside of the industrial building and you're essentially on the roof of this industrial building that you were spawned into and here you're gonna fight a handful of people that come from the door like you're gonna fight some lindas you're gonna fight some some williams you're gonna fight some whatever else that comes out at you uh and then eventually you're gonna fight the uh I already forgot the the guy's name. The guy without the shirt with like the eight pack abs and the super <laughs> muscles. The, yeah, that he's gonna come out here and try and beat you up and in true double dragon fashion as well too. You can either a fight him head on, which is typically what I do because I'm really good at beat him up games. You can do the little diagonal thing that Mo was talking about, where you can get on the different plane and beat him up. Or if you're real good, you get the guy at the very bottom of the of the roof, and you punch him a few times and knock him off the roof and tell him tell him Sarnaria. But I believe in Double Dragon One on the NES, you can literally just climb back down the ladder and despawn him and beat yeah. the stage. So, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if you don't want to, if you're playing the NES game, and you don't want to fight him, then don't. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> so, um, that's the industrial park. Uh, the industrial park is probably my favorite stage of the game. So, because it's the easiest, in my opinion. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, it is the easiest, in my opinion. But uh, mm -hmm. then we come across the forest. And this stage is the, 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 the fun curve goes from about here, and as soon as you hit the forest, it go, it just just nose dives into not being fun anymore. Um, <laughs> Mo knows what I'm talking about. Every speedrun of this game knows what I'm talking about. Everyone that did the tiny ten knows what I'm talking about. So we're going in, we're going into the forest, and the forest to start isn't awful by any means. And by the way, like it's a forest, but still the sprite work of the background. Super well done because you can. There's actually like depth 
to like the forest in the background. So you can see like yeah. close up trees and far away trees and same with like shrubbery and stuff like that. And we actually have a foreground foliage as well too, which is actually kind of cool, but it doesn't hinder the gameplay at all. Uh, but we do go back to the Z axis fighting on like this trail in the woods type deal. And um, this is where some platforming comes into play here where there is a bridge just broken up in the middle of nowhere and you have to jump to the pieces of the bridge because if you fall in the water, Billy doesn't know how to swim and he forgot his arm floaties. So um, <laughs> that's that. But the funny, yeah. the funny part about that one is, is that if you have two enemies chasing you, they try to jump after you, and they never make the second jump. They always fall into the water and die. It's kind of fun yep. to watch. <laughs> yeah. The, the, like, most people know the forest area from Double Dragon 2 on yep. NES, where you all have to jump on those barrels to get over there, which is the most awful thing programmed in the entire game, probably. Uh, it's totally not that bad. It's, like, very easy to jump over these bridges, yeah. actually. So Super easy. Uh, yeah, so don't, don't worry about that part. Yeah, it's it, the bridge part is, is the least of your concern. But as you keep progressing through, you're gonna see some. You're gonna see like the background kind of shift, which again is super cool with the game. It's not just the consistent trees in the background. Eventually, the background shifts. And it looks like they're logging a piece of the forest, and you can see more of the background of the trees, like a shadow of the tree and everything else too. It's a, the if anything about this game, like even I hate the gameplay of this game for Game Boy, the the scenery and the atmosphere that they did sprite wise phenomenal absolutely phenomenal job doing doing the sprite work in this game um but as you uh get to get out of the forest you approach the you approach the 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 rock wall and um this is where you fight in a bobo and this is your yes. first first roadblock of the video game uh, well, if you can get past the first Bobo, this is your second roadblock of the video game. <laughs> um, cause you get to fight Mr. Abobo again, uh, cause he decides to come off screen and greet you with his, uh, very happy face. And, uh, if you try to fight him one-on-one -on -one face off, you're either going to end up in a pit or you're just going to straight out die because there is not a lot of room to fight Mr. Abobo on the screen. Uh, you have basically two little strips that you can work with. One spans across the full screen, and the other one's about half. Uh, otherwise, the rest are about pits. You look confused. No, it oh. was just noise. <laughs> oh, uh, but the rest are pits. The rest are pitfalls. And, um, well, if you want to know the trick to this one is to cheat and do the diagonal <laughs> thing and push him into the pit and kill him. Uh, don't fight this one head on because you will not win. <laughs> it's called using the mechanics of the game. It's not cheating. <laughs> Just cheat. <laughs> no, it's using, it. using the mechanics. Of, yeah, so the, the the enemies are not very smart in this game, of course, um, because there's like on the screen, it kind of looks like stairs, basically. Yep. Uh, so you can stay on one level below and then a Bobo will come in diagonally towards you but he's still on a different plane than you are so you just punch him a few times and he falls over the edge so <laughs> it's it's really probably what they meant 
for people to do in this case uh, to make it a lot easier because otherwise this fight is just not doable. That's well, it is doable, but it's, it's just not fun to do. That's because they knew the Abobo was impossible to fight and they didn't change it because they wanted to just watch people just torture themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but once you uh, once you defeat the Abobo, you uh, jump down into this like bridge area. Think of like cliffhanger-esque type deal where you jump into like, this bridge area and now you fight uh, two of those Chintai people. Uh, four even, time. I think. Is it four? Well, in, to in total. Oh, yeah, in total, but... yeah. Yeah. yeah, in total four. You you get approached by two at a time. So, yeah. uh, but they're I, I I find them to be extremely easy to fight. So, um, knock them out, and then you come across, in my opinion, the worst. Well, not no second worst platforming piece of the game, um, where you have to jump. Basically, you start to climb. You start climbing this mountain, and you have to do some choice platforming. Um, to get over the mountain. It's not hard. The issue with double dragon jumping, at least for the Game Boy, is once you've jumped, you've committed to that jump. There is no... There's not much wiggle room once, you, <laughs> once you've made that jump. So if you're like, I'm jumping, and you're like, oh no, I overshot, well, kiss Billy goodbye, because Billy, Billy's going to fall. And there's not a quick way to correct that. Um, same with the jumping too short. So you kind of, you have to know, you have to know your jump. And the thing with double dragon two is that the jumps are pretty floaty as well, too. They're not a very quick, like Mario jump. It's a very, like, I'm going to float over this hole. And you're just like, I can make it. And all of a sudden you lose momentum because double dragon physics and you die. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's it, it just a problem if you don't know how far the sprite extends from the ground, basically. Make, making that jump, that is the hardest jump in the game, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that's definitely a place where you will probably die. And as far as I can remember, there is no checkpoint at that point yet. So Not you yet. Will start back at the start of the forest if you die there. Yep. So, um, so once you've climbed them, or once you've got across those platforms, you come across a big square with a door in the back, and uh, if you like fighting the Bobo, you get to fight another Bobo right then and there. And this Bobo doesn't like to fall off the edge either. So this one here, you got to be a little, little, little creative with when you fight this one. Well, he actually does like to do that. Um, and I can never do it. I, I, I guess we're, we'll, uh, we'll incorporate the speed run section a little bit speed uh, run. In, into the normal gameplay. Um, the, when you are moving towards that part of the stage, um, you have to climb a ladder. Um, and the thing is, you can like shift yourself to the left and the right a little bit when you're on the ladder. Um, so instead of... Because you're going back on a two-dimensional plane, uh, so the yep. Z-axis disappears in that section. So when you're coming off the ladder, you can actually nudge yourself so you are at the bottom pixel of uh, the cliff edge, basically. Um, so if you keep walking on that and you get into a fight on that pixel, and this is a trick that gets used... 
uh, a lot in this stage particularly. You can also do it on the bridge actually, but it's a little harder to set up. Um, if you punch an enemy, they fall, they will drop off the edge, even though they're on the same plane as you. It's just the way the game is programmed. So you can easily take out a Bobo this way as well. If you're on that correct pixel, he just walks down, you punch him three times, he falls off the edge. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's more of a speedrun trick, but it's also just a good trick if you're having trouble with the game. And that one is super easy to set up because of the, uh, the ladder you have to take. You can just nudge yourself where you need to be uh, and yeah like i said it's the same with the bridge with the chintai if you're at the bottom pixel of it you can do the same with those chintai you just uh like jump kick them and they fall off basically so uh but that one is scary to do because depending on the screen you're playing on if you press a little bit down too much you fall off the edge of course so be careful if you're trying that out so cheating um <laughs> using the mechanics of the game <laughs> so cheating <laughs> all right um so once you defeat the abobo you walk into this door and then you enter the the cave you know then 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 you're into then you're into the cave the cave is not a friendly place to be uh because as soon as you spawn into the cave there's a guy coming from your left with a boulder and a guy coming from your right ready to punch you in the face. So yeah. um, you're greeted immediately with enemies, the one that's about to throw something at you. And there is no Z-axis to this stage at all either, at least not right away. You're on a 2D plane, so you don't have a lot of maneuvering to do to get away from this boulder. Um, so jump kicking, I find jump kicking to be one of the best things in this game because I feel like I just have iframes jump kicking. Um, so if you don't know what iframes are, they're invincibility frames. I feel like I get hit less jump kicking than I do anything else. So I do a lot, I did a lot of jump kicking in my playthrough of this game. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, once you, uh, once you get through that, then you have to start, uh, falling down so to speak or jumping down these like steps and you have a little boulder behind you following you if that boulder hits you i don't i don't think it outright kills you but it does a decent amount of damage to you yeah um and then this is where platforming gets out of control in this game um <laughs> if you thought the platforming wasn't bad up until the cave so as you get uh, once you go down the the quote unquote cave steps there and dodge the boulder, you now come across platforms. And the first set of platforms aren't too bad. Uh, the second set of platforms are moving platforms. So this is where you have to know how double dragon physics and jumping physics work in this game. Otherwise, you will fall into the lava or boiling mud, whatever it is, and you'll die. Um, because moving platforms in a double dragon game should be illegal and should never exist, period. But once you get across there, the, uh, you're greeted with a couple of enemies. You beat them up quick, whatever. They're just normal, normal NPCs. <sighs> then you have the Abobo. So <laughs> as you land across this thing and fight the NPCs, the floor starts giving away below you. And if you don't defeat the Abobo in time, you can't get through the door, which means you're going to die. Um, and the Abobo starts on the right-hand side. You're on the left-hand side. The floor is falling away from the left-hand side. 
try to get on the right-hand side of the Abobo and punch him to the left to get him off of the platform. Remember, this is no Z-axis. This is still 2D axis playing uh, while you're still doing this. So once you can knock the Abobo off of the floor, the door opens and hurry up and get into the door where you can get out, out of that cave or out of that piece of the cave. So... <laughs> Yeah, this is the bane of existence for what a every, dumb. everybody who's not only playing it but speed running. It's like Cave Abobo is absolutely the worst. Uh, we call him Cave Abobo because, of course, he is in a cave. But yeah. uh, like, if if you're playing the NES version, he also shows up there, and he's the the green Abobo or the yeah. Hulk Abobo. The, the Hulk, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But, oh my God, this guy like. If I die in this game, uh, there, there are two places. Um, it's either on this guy, just because for some reason I can't jump kick through him to the right side. Uh, and then you're just done. If he punches you twice, you fly off the edge and you can... Well, at least you start back in the cave. But, uh, but yeah, he's just awful. Just awful. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, this is if I die if I if I die anywhere, it's either at the Abobo in the forest or it's Cave Abobo. It's if I die the most, it's one of those two Abobos that that take me out. Yeah. But uh, once you get through the door, now you're into another vertical segment uh, where you have to like climb down. Yeah. Rock rock, rock walls basically. Um, yeah, this is the next stage actually. Oh, is it? Yeah, it is. The hideout? Yep. This oh, is the first part of the hideout. <laughs> I always assumed the hideout was just like the last piece of it all. So. Nope, it starts all right. here. <laughs> well, now you're in the hideout, apparently. Um, <laughs> so uh, here we have another vertical segment with platforming. Um Luckily enough, the platforming in this stage isn't your biggest enemy. Your yeah. biggest enemy in this stage is getting hit <laughs> off of the platform. Um, because when you get punched, you get not you know, when you get knocked down, you get you get pushed backwards a, a decent distance, and uh, you want to be pretty close to either the left or right edge when fighting something. Otherwise, you're gonna get flung off of the platform, and. There is no vertical scrolling, so as you like climb, there is no. I'm gonna fall down to this bottom platform again. No, you just die. No. The screen, the screen <laughs> is locked, so you're just going to die, and uh, that's just the nature of the beast in this game. But the benefit to this is too, if you can knock out, if you can knock back the enemy with like an uppercut or something, they fall off the platform. So this screen can be either really quick. Or it can be your demise, depending on how good you are at fighting. And again, there's no Z-axis to this. It is 2D, 2D uh, platforming fighting at its core. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there's just one particular jump where one of the Linda is, is waiting on you. Yeah, um, and and that's one you need to do a few times before you figure out what to do exactly. Because either you land on the perfect place where you need to land, and the Linda will move backwards, which is what you want, or you land on any other pixel, and she starts moving towards you and punching you in the face and knocking you off the ledge. Uh, it's a very particular thing you have to do there yeah. uh, to be able to make it across safe, basically. Uh, all the other platforms are pretty easy, to be yep. fair. 
And then once you get through that platforming segment, you come across a section that looks like a a storage garage, basically, with a bunch of doors. Uh, the screen kind of you let you you can go side by side, but you can't go vertically up. You have to fight your way. So it's kind of almost like a little like gauntlety type little section here. Uh, once you've defeated the enemies there, you get to climb up and you go back to the Z-axis planes again where you can actually m maneuver around uh, across the screen again. Um, mm -hmm. So you get some more freedom while fighting. But uh, you get to fight a, guy, fight a few Lindas here and there. They come up and then you have to fight uh, some... I forgot their name. It's Shintais. Uh, you fight two of them at the same time. Yeah, but they, these are... Pretty Please. easy, as you can yeah. get one stuck behind a pillar. <laughs> you can never do anything anymore. Uh, yep. There, there's some, there's some fun tricks you can do with the background, basically yeah. to separate them from each other, so you can just concentrate on taking down one of them. Yep, I, 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 I guess I, I personally think the Shintais are one of the easier, and like once you figure yeah. out, once you figure them out, I think they're one of the easier enemies to fight in the game. Uh, and then the, once you beat the Shintais, the door opens. This is where I thought the hideout starts. It's once yeah. that door opens and you go in. Like now we're in, in the hideout. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's the the way to the hideout is part of the the stage in this game. At least I think in the NES version, uh, the outside part is just way longer, and that's why it's its own stage, I believe. Uh, that's but possible. here they, they yeah. just scrammed them together a little bit. But uh, here is probably... This is where the game ramps up in difficulty. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like we talked about how hard the game was in Forest, in Cave. The game ramps up the difficulty like no other in this segment now. So you're agreeing with platforms, and the platforms <laughs> are on a Z-axis as well, too. So you can go in and out however you want to do um but the opening platforms aren't the issue to this stage the first death trap to the stage are the vacuum i call them the vacuum doors yeah um as you progress to the screen you're eventually going to come across three doors with a skull on them and they're going to ran they're going to randomly open up and when one opens it's going to try and suck you in and if it sucks you in it kills you um which means you get to start the stage over. Well, you get to start that particular piece of the stage over again. Um, luckily enough, like it's kind of like it, you have like these little like prongs that stick out too, so you can like move your way down there. But the problem is like you don't want to do like jumping attacks at all because like when you jump, you don't have a lot of control of your character at all. So you kind of want to stay stationary on the ground and keep moving away from the door as it's trying to suck you while punching and fighting enemies <laughs> in front of you. Yeah. Um, eventually an Abobo will come out, of course, uh, the bane of our existence. Eventually an Abobo will come out, but luckily enough, like, the Abobo is really, they're all dumb, but this one I feel is particularly more dumb than the others. <laughs> He's and super he just, dumb, man. He just kind of hangs out on the plane above you and doesn't try to attack you at all. So you can, like, literally just learn how to inch your way to him and just punch him off the platform. Uh, he is... Well, yeah, one of the I think the dumbest Abobo in the game, the yeah, easiest um, by by by, hand, by hands down, for sure. And luckily enough, the doors has stopped sucking. Yeah, and the doors well during sucking. the Abobo fight because otherwise it would be impossible to oh, beat yeah. this guy. 
Yeah, the doors stop sucking when the abobo appears. Also, the doors don't impact the enemies at all either. The enemies are just unfazed by the door sucking. So, you got that going for you. But once you get past the abobo, you come Here across, we, you come across in my opinion, the dumbest piece of Double Dragon Game Boy to ever exist. So, you have these yep. walls with rectangles in the background, and they protrude out. There's a pattern to them. But the pattern is fast, A. The pattern is fast, B, when you get hit, you get knocked down, and C, if the pattern is, is going to hit, if the pattern is the lower one's going to hit, uh, hit you while you're laying down, there are no iframes. It's going to hit you again and push you more back. You literally have to redo the wall if you get knocked out because it's going to throw you to the beginning again. Yeah. Dumbest. So the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very dumb. Like this also exists in the NES version, by the way. It's uh, not it's as the, bad as this. It's though. it's the it, it's basically the same thing. But uh, one day, actually, found a way on the NES version where there actually is a pattern you can use. On the Game Boy version, it hasn't been either. It hasn't been figured out yet, or it is literally completely random bullshit that they're throwing at you. Um, I can play this game almost blind, to be honest, at this point, because I really like this game. But this part, if the game does not want you to finish it, you will not get past this at all. It just doesn't work. It's like, hey, I jumped up into the third platform. I'm free. Oh, I got, oh, I got, oh, I'm dead. That's that's basically (laughs) how this part works. And it's incredible. I don't know... (laughs) how they programmed this in. Um, I can maybe understand that it's on a global cycle or something. That and that be, sometimes yeah. you're just super unlucky that you get there in, in the bad period, I guess. Um, there is kind of a way to make it a little bit easier. And uh, this is also a speed running trick for the last part of the game, actually. Um and yes, there is a Z-axis on this stage, but the bottom part is actually a pit with spikes as well, always, like throughout the entire level. So you can line yourself up at the bottom pixel again uh, in this particular part. Um, and for the death wall, usually you're safe. Again, you can still get screwed over immensely by this, but usually that, uh, that keeps you a little bit more safe. But again, there are spikes underneath you, so if you press down a little too much, you just fall to your dead anyway. So you kind of have to choose <laughs> between just being lucky or getting that perfect pixel to get across a little easier. So yeah, the 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 like I it would be one thing if it was just the the protruding walls. The other thing is like there's a plat there's platforming involved with this too, so you have yeah. to jump over gaps, and if you land on a thing and it decides to put and punch out and hit you, you get knocked backwards, probably into the pit. So yep. what an awful, awful segment of the game, just absolutely awful. Hate yeah, it. there there's no like it doesn't matter how you look at this part, it's just bad. Like it's that, awful. Yeah, you, you cannot get around this. Like, I, I'm all for like game design and stuff. Like, I've been trying to learn a lot of it because of of Game Boy Studio. 
Like this is not good game design. No. So, no. but it, it works. It it works in the NES. Like I like it like kind of works there. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. what most like this is in the NES version too. I didn't have. I, I get. I sometimes get caught up in the in the protruding walls on NES, but I typically don't have much issues at all. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to like major, if I'm going to 100% game over anywhere in the game, it's this stupid protruding wall right here. Yep. Um. It's it's dumb. You can't jump kick your way through it. So, but once you get through the protruding wall, luckily it's somewhat short. You yes. uh, thankfully it's somewhat short. It feels like an eternity, but it's somewhat short. Uh, you then get to fit, you get in, get uh, face off, I guess, in front of the door of the of the the the, the shadow mafia guy. Uh, but before you fight Willie. You got to uh, you got to fight through a couple of other people, so you get the, the chin tie right away. Uh, you got to fight through the chin tie, and remember what Mo said: there's spikes at the bottom, so if you can you can knock them off of the edge into the spikes, uh, or you can just beat them up regularly. It's it's pretty whatever. Then once you fight the chin tie, Willie comes out with a friggin' grease gun. And it's ready to rock and roll. <laughs> he brings a gun to a fist fight. So yes. who's who's the idiot? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so he brings it. He brings out his, his machine gun, and if you want to do it the quick way, just line yourself up on the bottom platform, punch him, and knock him into the spikes and kill him. Otherwise, uh, the fight is actually kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you're close to him, he wants to pistol whip you or hit you with the butt end of the of the gun. If you're far away from him, he's going to shoot at you. Uh, so it's actually a pretty tough fight if you want to actually do it normally. Um, I would actually recommend cheating in this case and just knocking him off of a platform and, uh, making, making quick work of Willy because Willy's a pain and you've already made it this far into the game. There are no continues. Just get done with the game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The other way is of course, like the first fight with a Bobo, you just use the diagonal walking to to line yourself up right below where he could hit you and you can start hitting him. You do not want him to shoot. If no. you get hit twice, you're dead. You are like, dead. It's, which kind of makes sense. If somebody would suddenly bring you, <laughs> bring a machine gun or whatever he's using, and it, yeah, I don't mean... I don't would think be there's a, as well. I don't think there's a checkpoint either in this stage. No, there is. There so isn't. if you die to Willy, you need to start at the very beginning... Which means you get to go through the protruding wall section again, yeah. which means you're probably gonna game over. So just cheat and uh, <laughs> just knock them off the platform. Use the and... mechanics. That's that's the way you say. It. <laughs> <laughs> and then once Willie is knocked off the platform in a uh, mechanical cheating fashion, um, <laughs> your girlfriend shows up, scantily clothed, in my opinion. Um, so. Don't know what she was doing behind the door. And uh, she shows up, you walk up to her, and then the the staff credits roll, basically. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, yeah, in this game, you do not fight your brother, like nope. we said at the start. So he, he doesn't show up at all in this one. Um, I'm not, I don't remember the NES version exactly, but is Willy not tied to, like, a difficulty level in that one? It's like you gotta you fight always, your you gotta fight you your wa- shadow. So you, no, in that one is Jimmy. 
the shadow is in the second game. Um, oh, all oh, right, right. So yeah, you you fight your brother, but I think I can't remember if there's more difficulties on the NES one. I always seem to remember that you fight him, but if you're not on the correct difficulty, you do not fight Willy or something. Then you get the bad ending. Uh, at least I know the second Double Dragon works that way. You have to play on Supreme Master to access yeah. the final boss. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't remember. Like I yeah. always get, I get one and two mixed up all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, doesn't doesn't matter for this game, of course. Uh, no. There's only one difficulty level, uh, so you always will face off against Willy in the end. But yeah, that's that's the end of the game. Neat. Yeah. So that's Double Dragon in a nutshell. Um, we could talk about the cover art for Double Dragon, which are very drastically different drastically different um so the cover art you can see or the the box art you can see is if you're watching this live we're gonna watch the video of it you can see it on the screen uh it's the nes double dragon box art where it's um billy and jimmy i believe it's billy and jimmy on the front there flexing flexing with their massive muscles um and then down below is a just like an array of just like enemies that they don't look super well detailed. They almost look like they were carved out of wood. They don't look very yeah. well detailed. They're kind of just like dull. And it, it looks like Billy just like drop kicking them and Jimmy drop kicking them and with like a little bit of a cityscape in the background. I don't know. It's kind of a boring box art in my opinion. And it says double yeah. dragon and like the Japanese type Amer- Western style Japanese text in the top. It says double dragon with a couple dragons and a red gradient uh, skyline. And I don't know. It's kind of just it's your atypical like 80s Japanese film box art. If you've ever watched like old 80s like Japanese fighting movies from, like released in the West, like uh, old Jackie Chan movies or old Bruce Lee movies. It kind of reminds you of that a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Japanese box art, though, let me tell you something about the Japanese box art. This one's sweet. So, and this one's a little spicy, too. Um, this one has Linda right in the basically center of the box art. <laughs> yeah. Just button everything just full detailed right in front of you like it is if you were 14 years old this box art would appeal to you immediately um (laughs) and then as you go into the background like linda is like front and center like you can see everything of linda then as you go in towards the background you can see billy with like a pair of like eight pack abs you know holding back his girlfriend like defending her you know in this back alley of like a of a new york cityscape with uh, the Shintai and the Abobo and everything else, like in the background, like ready to throw stuff at Billy. Like, it is an action packed, like, it looks like an 80s Knight Rider, like, box art. Like, it looks like there should be some, like, heavy synth music rocking with this, and it would just, it would meet the 80s perfectly. It looks so cool. Yeah. Yeah, this one is more in vain with the. Uh... Double Dragon 2 NES box art, which I absolutely love. I think that's one of the best uh, box arts on yeah. uh, NES for sure. But I'm uh, just looking at the um, 
Japanese NES box art for Double Dragon 1. Um, and that's literally Fist of the North Star. <laughs> wow, that's such a weird one. What a good game. Yeah, the, the, this cover is just literally screams Fist of the North Star for whatever reason. Oh, I guess they got inspired by that for sure. It would have been around the same time, so... Yeah, I think maybe... Wait, I'm, I'm gonna check it real quick, but I actually think Cunha was inspired by Fist of the North Star to begin with. Uh, yeah, it was inf inspired by Mad Max and Fist of the North Star. There you go. Yeah, so that makes a I mean, lot they of came, sense. They came out around the same time, so I mean... Yeah. And Fist so. of the North Star was a highly popular anime. Yep. Very and violent Mad anime, but a very popular one. Yeah, Mad Max was a very popular movie. Uh, yep. Yep, there you go. There, that's where that one comes from, at least. Um, yeah, I, I like the Japanese one a lot. That's I, I do, too. more my style. I do not dislike the Double Dragon 1 American cover, but it, yeah. it's it's I a bit boring. It. Yeah, basically. I, don't, yeah. I don't hate it, but if I... It, I don't hate it, but if I had the choice of the Japanese one or the American one, you bet your ass I'm picking that Japanese one. Yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> like, I'm going after the Japanese one. Like, I think it's sweet looking. I put it up on stream so people can see it. Like, it looks awesome. One of the one of the better box arts for sure. Yeah. Um, when it comes to reception, this game is actually kind of tough to find, like, reception for because... A lot of people wanted to tie this with uh, the NES version. Um, right, yeah. Like a straight comparison. Yeah, like a straight comparison to the NES version of the game, which is, you just can't do that with this one. Uh, because, like, yeah, in the end, they're ba they're like they're kind of the same game, right? You gotta go find, you gotta go get your girlfriend from the Shadow Mafia, and you kind of go through, like, a similar, like, set of stages and whatnot, but, like, they play so drastically different that you really can't compare them at all. Um, but just going by, like, what, like, newer players nowadays, like, you know, since, like, retro has become a huge craze and everyone wants to play retro games now, um, like, with the newer the newer players, like, like people our age just, like, playing drag uh, Double Dragon for the first time or, like, the younger generation playing Double Dragon 1 on Game Boy for the first time, it got okay reviews you know it wasn't great you know they're not they're not oohing and on over it but they're also being like it's not an awful game it's your pretty average port of a double dragon game but um the one of the biggest criticizes of the game is the difficulty spike yeah. of of the game which i can 100 percent relate with um the game starts off extremely easy and then as soon as you get to the forest stage it it spikes in difficulty like no other so I can definitely see that, yeah. Uh, outside of that, tri I mean, I don't, I don't really have any trivia per se. Like, if you if you've played a Cuneo game or a Double Dragon game, and if you play like spinoffs for like you know, River City Ransom and things like that, you're definitely gonna come across like Double Dragon Easter eggs in those games, right? Or Cuneo Easter eggs in the Double or Dragon games. Or the other games. way around, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so, like you're gonna come across them quite often, just because like they're so interlaced with each other, and like the lore runs deep within both of them. 
that uh, there's Easter eggs in both of the games, especially if you're doing like River City Ransom, like they play a Double Dragon song in the game. So um, yeah, in uh, in River City Girls, I know that um, there's a shop where you can buy new moves, and uh, the guy who is selling it is either Billy or Jimmy. Uh, yeah. And I think the the song plays in the background in that shop as well. Um, and he's voiced by uh, Dan from Ninja Sex Party and Game Grumps. Oh, really? That's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, every everybody <laughs> in uh, River City Girls is voiced by a YouTuber, basically. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it's really that's cool. cool. That's super cool. All right. Um, well, with that, we're going to take another quick, short break here. We come back, we'll give you our thoughts and history of the game, which are going to be probably pretty drastically different. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, so yeah, history. We're gonna start with you, Mo, because I think you probably have the most history with this game. Uh, so I'll let you uh, let you take it from here. Yeah, not not with this game in particular, to be honest. But uh, like Double Dragon Two, the Revenge for NES, uh, together with Mega Man Three and uh, Chip and Dale and things like that, were like. The games I constantly played over at my cousin's house. So I absolutely love Double Dragon uh, 2. At least that was the only one I knew back then. Uh, I don't think I ever beat it on Supreme Master, though, when I was a kid. I think the first one, the first time I did that was like the first year I was streaming and I was so happy. I think I still have the clip <laughs> from it and I actually beat that game. Uh, so yeah, I, I already knew the franchise at least and I think it was a, the only beat-em-up game I uh, played back then. Um, so I didn't have any on Game Boy myself, but I'm pretty sure I played the first and the third one at, on a friend's Game Boy during like yeah, a party or something that I checked it out for a little bit. So I didn't deep dive into the game or anything, but I did like the first one, 3. Three is oh my god, uh, <laughs> especially on Game Boy. It's even Three worse, is special it? on Game yeah, Boy. Yeah, uh, I mean it's not good on anything, but on Game Boy it's even worse. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, but uh, when I played it for either portable pleasure or just randomly uh, when I when I was older, for sure, um, this was basically a very easy game for me. Besides the few stupid things that we mentioned that are uh yeah just there but i already knew the tricks of like <laughs> getting on correct pixels to throw people off and stuff like that so I, I didn't really have much of a problem with this game um and i think after i played it i put it in the tiny 10 that's probably how it went but i did know that the final stage with the stupid dead wall was impossible so i didn't want people to suffer too much 
at least. Yeah. So Cave of Bobo was the goal, at least in Tiny Ton. That, that was the end of uh, <laughs> the end of what you needed to do for that. And again, I don't have a problem with this game up until that point, except for Cave of Bobo. If it if it doesn't work, it just doesn't work. But but otherwise, it's fine. But yeah. <laughs> Everybody hated this game so much. It was unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's a fantastic game, actually. Besides the final Death Wall problem. Um, so yeah, if I, I think people should definitely check it out. But if you want a better version of this game, definitely play the uh, NES version. Um, that one is also easier in general than, than this game. Uh, even though you don't have all the power-ups from the start or the moves from the start. But I think it's a little bit easier, at least, than the Game Boy version. Uh, yeah. But if you want a more modern approach to Double Dragon, I can not recommend Double Dragon Neon enough. Um, it's more of a a parody on the entire series, but it's like 80s as bleep. I'm just going to say bleep because it's going to get bleeped out anyways. <laughs> uh, maybe. End, maybe sometimes uh, one escapes. but uh, I don't get bleeped out. <laughs> yeah, you're always, you're always lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely check that one out. It's, it's absolutely amazing and it's super funny. It has fantastic 80s styled music. Uh, I think Jay, Jay Kaufman did uh, the Ooh. soundtrack for for the neon version uh, or even check out either river city girls or river city yeah i can i can talk uh, river city girls zero which is coming out shortly um i of course i can't say if that one is gonna be amazing but it probably will be but like if you want a modern take do neon or river city girls uh, those are the best beat-em-ups i've played in like decades to be honest so uh yeah there you go huh i um i played double dragon on the nes and i feel like i played double dragon arcade cabinet as well but uh i never like grew up with double dragon so to speak like when i for me it was mega man 3 it was mega man of castlevania for me growing up um, which probably explains a lot, honestly. But uh, it was Mega Man and Castlevania for me growing up. So, like, the Castlevania series, like, I can... I'll, I'll poop on them all, all I want. Like, especially, like, one. I think one is the worst of the trilogy. And I think two is probably one, is the best of the trilogy. Because uh, two just offers so much... Like, yeah, it was cryptic. But it just offers so much more value. Like, it just gave so much more personality. But... Uh, when it came to Double Dragon, uh, the only time I ever played Double Dragon is when I went to a friend's house or if I was at a convenience store waiting for a friend to, to, to get done. I tossed a quarter into the cabinet and played Double Dragon. Um, so when when whenever Mo puts together a Tiny Ten list, I typically do a Tiny Ten showcase of of the games uh, on on my own stream, not on the not on the reveal, but on my own stream. And I was like, oh, Double Dragon. I've played Double Dragon NES and beat it. No problem. Like, can't be that bad. Well, boy, was I wrong. So it started off fine. And, like, mechanically, like, the game felt really good. Like, the fighting feels good in the game. 
You don't have to level up Billy at all. Like, you get everything out of the gate. I was like, oh, this isn't too bad at all. It was until I got to Cave Bobo, which was when everything started to fall apart. Uh, just the cave in general is when everything started to fall apart. And I was just like, this game sucks. Like, how do you, like, how, why is this in the Tiny Ten? Like, why is, <laughs> like, why? Like, I choose bad games. Like, this game is awful. Like, no, and I told him, I was like, no one is going to like this game. And he's like, oh, come on. People are going to love it. <laughs> the worst received game in Tiny Ten history. <laughs> so uh, I would I wouldn't say that. I I know Lex definitely liked it. Lex uh, doesn't. I think Hero played that one as well. Uh, if I'm, you can't take Legs's like, <laughs> Legs and, and Atros doesn't hate this game, but knows that it's very awful. Well, hard to to actually do because I think he has the record. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, or something. Yeah. Uh, so he does like the game enough to keep playing it, but he does also know that it's like <laughs> not a joke. I mean, Legs' first experience of speedrunning was me playing Shaq Fu for handheld heroes. So, I mean, like, can we really take her her side in this? <laughs> um, I'm going to take her side. <laughs> I, I still think this is a great game. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, like, if you can get beyond the crappy platforming, in um not the industrial park but the the hideout stuff if you get past the crappy platforming in the hideout and if you get past like just the the death wall and just like a bobo being impossible it's not a terrible game Mm -hmm. uh the ost is a little meh compared to the nes version and we you if you're watching this live you definitely heard us talk about it during the break um, about the OST, just be like, it's 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 missing something to it, you know. It's yeah. it's missing like the low tones to it, essentially. Um, but overall, like, it's not bad. It, it's it's bearable. It's not Mega Man Two bad by any means. Mega Man Two Game Boy bad. Yeah. Mega yeah. Man Two NES has probably one of the best OSTs on the NES. So, um, but uh, like gameplay value, it's not bad either. Like it definitely has replay value if you enjoy the beat 'em ups, and especially if you're going into like how how bad can I break the game, where you can walk along the the bottom bottom pixel of a pit and knock people off or do whatever it is. Like see what you can do to like break the game. There's a lot of things you can do to the game to do that, and a lot of people find fun in that. I personally don't, so <laughs> I just don't do it. Which is probably why I struggle so much with this game. Um, so, but overall, it's it's not an awful game. It's definitely, I it, for me, it's in the middle. It's it's not awesome, but it's not awful. It's uh, it's a you play the game to to experience the game. But I personally, when it comes to Game Boy, prefer the Kunio games over the Double Dragon games. So, yeah, well. I mean, make up your own <laughs> minds <laughs> if you are yeah, going yeah, to check out this em. game. Like, maybe you'll love it like me, or maybe you'll uh, you'll hate it <laughs> like yeah. most people, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I like honestly, I'd say, like, go play Double Dragon on Game Boy, and then go play Kunio on Game Boy. I will warn you out, Kunio is a lot harder than Double Dragon on Game Boy. But I don't know, it just feels so much more fluid to me versus Double Dragon on Game Boy. Um, I don't know. I I prefer the Kunio games, but I prefer Double Dragon on NES. But I prefer Kunio on Game Boy. So yeah. All right. 
Yeah, I can uh, <clears throat> just add two more things, I guess. Um, if you do want to play like the arcade version, um, but you don't want to suffer through two frames per second, uh, <laughs> on Game Boy Advance, they actually made uh, Double Dragon yeah. Advance, which is a remake of the arcade version. So it's it's yep. unlike the NES or the Game Boy version, uh, but that one plays really well, mm -hmm. and it's a lot of fun to play. So um, if, if you want to experience it, the more arcade style it had, um, kind of with the graphics from the arcade, it's, it's very, very similar to it. Um, but you want the game to be playable, that's definitely one to check out. And uh, for our achievement hunters here, this game does have a set on retro achievements, and it's a pretty simple list, basically. It's just beat the game, uh, pretty much, then get 50k points, which you will get if you beat the game. That shouldn't be a big problem either. Uh, the two hardest ones, I guess, is do not lose a life, of course. Um, and then never use a weapon, which is easy in theory, but sometimes you just pick it up by accident. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that, that's a pretty simple list. It's 11 achievements, the score ones, the beat the game ones, and then those two specific ones. So if you're looking for an extra challenge uh, above the wall of that, <laughs> here you go. There's, there's your list of achievements you can get. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Speedrunning segment, Atroz does hold the world record for this. It's four years old. It's actually a pretty old record in today's yeah. speedrunning generation. Um, but it's 11 minutes and 29 seconds. So he cruised to the game pretty quick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we I talked about that, the tricks that get used. So. Yeah, I, th I think this game blind took me like two and a half hours. Because <laughs> I, I kept friggin' dying to cave a bobo or the push wall. So, yeah, I actually played it a few weeks back just to refresh my uh, my thoughts on this and things like that. And I played it twice actually. I played it uh, on the U.S. version and then the Japanese uh, Japanese <laughs> version um, because I wasn't sure if there was a difference between versions, and there isn't. It's no, like literally, the literally the same game. So. Uh, yeah, because I had in my mind, oh, but Double Dragon 2 on Game Boy is so much different. But yeah, this one is literally the same. So it, it only took me like half an hour to beat them both. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so used to this game and I, I really like this game that it wasn't much of an issue for me at all. If you're playing it blind, it's going to take you longer than 15 minutes. Okay? <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Just got to put that out there. <laughs> if you're playing it blind, don't expect to beat it in under a half hour. No. Um, unless you're a god-tier blind blind retro player, don't uh, you don't expect to beat it in a half hour. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I don't think we need to take a break, like we say in the notes all the time. I think we're just going to keep chugging right through here. Sure. Community events coming up. We actually have... Oh, God, my phone just exploded. There we go. We actually have a decent amount coming up right now. Uh, it's actually pretty pretty dang cool. Um, we'll start with Retro Gaming Live, obviously, because, you know, we're here. Uh, we have Retrothon 2022. Uh April 16th to April 24th. The schedule is live for that, so go check it out. We have a pretty cool little Game Boy block 
uh, for for Retrothon. Um, maybe I'll find it real quick here. We have towards the end ish, maybe if I can find it. All right. Well, you know we're doing this live, and uh, things happen. And there it is. So we have a little Game Boy block starting here with not ColecoVision. I said not. <laughs> I said not ColecoVision. All right. Well, the calendar broke in my phone, but uh, I believe it starts at five o'clock p.m. <laughs> <laughs> on on what day is this? Thursday, April twenty-first. 5 o'clock p.m. I don't know what Skidster is playing, but I'm right after Skidster with, uh, <clears throat> shit, what did I submit? Rubble Saver 2 and I don't remember. Rubble Saver 2 and Shinchan 4. There it is. And then Skister is playing Solar Striker. So Skister is starting out the Game Boy block with Solar Striker, followed by Shinchan 4, Rubble Saber 2, or Max. We did a light episode, or no, we did a full episode on Max uh, already. And then followed by Kirby Streamland, Super Mario Land 2, The Little Mermaid. And uh, then we go into some Game Boy Color stuff with Brosentia. Some Game Boy Advance stuff, uh, Godzilla Domination and whatnot after that. So we have a nice little handheld Game Boy block right after that. Um, and then let's see, what else we got going on? Obviously, Friday nights, uh, Friday night raffles are starting to make a, an appearance again now that we have some new blood in and we have uh, some time and some bodies to do that. So definitely tune in to retro gaming live tv on fridays for some raffles typically in the afternoon to late afternoon my time um which is u.s central and then we have power up with pride let me pull that one up here we have power up with pride coming out here i usually have this stuff written down Power Up with Pride coming uh, June 10th to June 12th. It is a weekend-long marathon. I believe the submissions for this are closed, or they will be closed very soon. Um, but they do have a volunteer form open if you do wish to uh, help out with some of the <laughs> chat moderations and restreaming and things of that nature as well. Uh, Midwest Speed Fest is actually happening right now. Um, so if you're into... If you're watching this live and want to watch a speed run uh, marathon right now, I believe uh, uh, mid mid spring. Shoot, what's it called? Mid mid something spring something. I it's Midwest <laughs> Speed Fest. That's the organization. That's all you need to know. Uh, they I can't ever remember the names of their stuff because it's just so ridiculous sometimes. But uh, they're going on right now. And they'll be coming back as well, too, for GameCon or VidCon, I believe it is, 2D, uh, which is an in-person marathon as well. And they were doing the Shaq. If you go to their Twitter, you can see them do the Shaq Fu dance because we run Shaq Fu at Midwest Speed Fest every year. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I recommend go watching the Shaq Fu dance. It's really good. Uh, then we have Summer Games Done Quick, June 26th to July 3rd. 
I believe submissions are still open for that event. Uh, never mind, I lied. The submissions are not done, or are done for that, that event. Uh, the game list will be live April 30th. And the schedule will be live May 7th, according to their website. Um, this would be a restricted in-person event. So it sounds like they're cutting their attendance in half and putting in place a lot of restrictions. But if you are going, um, let me know, because I live like 15 minutes away from the venue, and I would love to... Uh, Say hi. So, um, we got more. We're not done. We're in, we're in we're in prime marathon season now, boys wow. and girls. All right. So we got ESA Summer coming out now, uh, July twenty third to July thirtieth. I don't know about their submissions. Their submissions might still be open since they're a few months out. Uh. But uh, July 23rd to July 30th, they will be doing a charity event for Save the Children uh, at the uh, conference space of the Quality Hotel in, I'm sorry, Hero, if you're assuming here, Ma- uh, Malmo, Malmo, Sweden. Malmo, yeah. Yeah, Sweden. So, um, so yeah, if you're... Uh, if you're a European or if you're looking to travel to ESA, that's when that is happening. Uh, there will be more coming later on uh, as we need to discuss some Tiny 10 stuff because that is oddly approaching quickly. Uh, <laughs> yes. <'cause>, and, <laughs> now that you uh, mention it, <laughs> yeah. It is oddly approaching quickly. And on top of that, there will be other marathons such as Big Bad Gameathon, the Nescathlon from. Uh, Retro Gaming Live TV, amongst other bigger multi-race uh, marathons approaching later on in the year. So keep your yeah. eyes and ears open for that. Whew. Marathon season's always the the tough, and there's there's what I mentioned isn't all of them. Uh, there's so many more that I just don't know about because I can't because I'm a human. Um, <laughs> I just I just can't. Because <laughs> there's just so many happening. Uh, oh, I would say if you're wanting to know marathons, the best place to go is Twitter. Um, I believe there's a speedruns uh, Discord as well, too. Uh, speedrun.com. Their forums are often uh, advertising marathons and stuff like that. So go go check out there if you're interested in some of the other ones. Okay. Yeah. Do we have any questions in Discord for this? I can't open Discord right now. Hero actually asked a question, but Ooh. I don't think we can answer it. Oh, I can uh, answer it. <laughs> I'm curious why the Linda character has no eyes, mouth, nose, etc. When all the other enemies got these features, any thoughts? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess because you can't beat up women? <laughs> like I don't know. No, we didn't care about that in the eighties and nineties. That's at true. All. We just beat we up everybody. Care. We didn't care about that at all. Well, <laughs> you see, all of the all of the de- all of the money for details went into the Japanese cover for Linda's backside. <laughs> so they ran out of money to do facial features. Uh, that's basically what happened. That's true. If you want features, check out. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's many of them to see there. <laughs> still, still, technically, still no ice mouth or nose though. <laughs> yeah, they ran out. Of, they ran out of marketing money. I mean, what do you yeah. expect? <laughs> but there are features. They ran out of the budget. The the, <laughs> the sprite budget got ran got ran dry. Um, let me see if she has a, any facial features in the band. No, because you see her back. <laughs> no, she does. No, she one hundred percent does. She has a she has eyes, nose, eyes, nose, and a mouth in the manual. Oh, in the manual, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but not on the cover, at least. Yeah, in the manual, she has full facial features. She's more scantily clad in the manual than she is on the box art. Man, <laughs> what a what an error to live, huh? Jeez. Um. <laughs> This is turning into the Amazing Penguin episode already. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know why they don't have facial features in the in the actual game itself. Um, it could be because of the tabooness of beating up a woman, where they just didn't I, want to give maybe. it the features. I, doubt I don't, I don't it, know. I, I would doubt it as well, it. too, because in roller games, you get to beat up a bunch of women in roller games and whatnot but yeah who knows but there's a ton of detail in feminine features on the japanese box art and she has a ton of detail in her face in the manual so yeah <laughs> maybe they forgot about her i don't know <laughs> i don't know they're like oh you know what we got this other person here ah just throw them in it's fine <laughs> um those are those are all the questions all right. Well, yeah. I told you we'd have an answer for him. Sure, sure. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But you know what? I yeah. I can make up answers pretty quick. Uh, yeah. Besides <laughs> that, is just uh, it's just people we saying t- either the game is is horrible or the game is great, and me posting a Bobu, who is the best boo ever made, of course. You know what we didn't <laughs> talk about was the movie. We did, yeah, but I mean, nobody should talk about that, to be honest. <laughs> oh, boy. We didn't talk about the movie, which is actually surprising, because every game that has a movie associated with it, we talk about the movie. But If uh, it's a good movie, but... Yeah, the, the Double true. Dragon movie is... Oh, my God. <laughs> Not even... Uh, and I keep forgetting this guy's name. It's unbelievable. Uh, because he has two first names as a name. Oh, the the villain. Yeah, Patrick is his last name. Uh, Neil Patrick. No, not Neil Patrick. The T one thousand from Terminator Two. Ah, oh, why do I, every freaking? I love this actor, and I can never remember his. Oh, name. Rob Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick. There we go. That's him. Yeah. Not even him could. I was thinking, I was like, I'm like, I'm like, I was like sitting there thinking, like, who? Yeah, not even him could save save his face. Yeah, the the Double Dragon movie. uh, Fun facts about the Double Dragon movie. Now that we're on it, now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It uh, it had a it had a budget of seven point eight million dollars. Guess how much it made in the box office? It. Probably didn't even break a million. It four point two billion. Oh wow! It actually well, it didn't yeah. make any. Well, profit, it did do good. Yeah, it made no <laughs> profit at all. It was a ninety-five minute film, 
released in 1994 with a basically eight million dollar budget and it barely made four so (laughs) it is based off of the it's based off of the video game too like that was the whole premise of the movie yeah but, yeah, uh, but but they, yeah. Oh my god, they just messed it up so bad. Like, it was if, awful. If if anybody ever says that the Super Mario Brother movie is bad, they are wrong. They have never seen Double Dragon. They've never watched Double Dragon <laughs> or Street or Street Fighter. Well, Street Fighter is funny. Though. No, it's funny, but it's not good. No, it's it's not good, but it is funny. Plus. <laughs> uh, Van Damme's lights and um, <laughs> and well Bison, another actor I can never remember his name. Gomez from the Adams family. Whatever, uh, everybody knows who he is. But I love every line that comes out of his mouth. Ra- Raul Julia. There we go. Yes, he's so good. Of course, I love that. <laughs> That clip, so good. Uh, I just love how Sean claude Van Damme was Guile in that movie. <laughs> yeah, you know looks the true nothing, the, looks nothing it, like Guile, but the true American French accent, Belgian guy, <laughs> whatever. The true American, not American. <laughs> yeah. <actor. laughs> oh well. Oh man, what a movie. We grew up. We grew up in a time, didn't we? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Okay. Now we discussed the Double Dragon movie. We can. We can. We can formally move on now. Um, <laughs> there's no other questions. There are not. No. All right. Anyone in chat have any other questions? Here's your time to shine, chat. You have ten seconds. I have. Because I have to scroll my phone. <laughs> Alright. Well, with that said, if y'all ever have any thoughts and suggestions about the podcast, whether it's talking about a uh, a French a French penguin with a uh, suggestive undertone or uh, some spicy detailed box art uh, for a beat-em-up game, uh, let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you think of our, our hot takes. Cause they're usually the truth. We never lie on this podcast. Not once. Uh, we never make things up. Everything is 100% historically accurate. True. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, for real though, if you have any thoughts and suggestions, uh, please let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear back whether it's positive, negative, neutral, Whatever it may be, we love to hear it. We love to take into consideration to see how we can better the podcast, not for us, but for you all and for future listeners as well, too, or people coming back to the podcast. Maybe they had to take a little bit of a break or whatever because they ended up listening to the Solar Striker episode and was like, wow, <laughs> these guys really uh, come a long way. And... <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. And needed to take a break after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh and, and you can reach uh, it's it's pretty easy to get, to get a hold of us. We're not we're not secretive about anything at all. We're pretty pretty out there in public. But uh you can reach me, E Bloody Candy, on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Um 
Discord, obviously. So I'm always available on Discord. And you can find our awesome, wonderful producer, Sprinty Legs. Uh, Sprinty Legs on Twitch and Twitter. Legs on YouTube. Uh, Legs, Sprinty Legs, and Discord. And then you can check out her project website, www.sprintylegs.com, where you can see all of her back-end project stuff relating to whether it's uh, Smash Bros. or retro stuff like speedrun time converting and it's where the Game Boy manual project is happening or you can go to gbmanuals.com and see what manual scans we have available for those wanting to play Game Boy games casually uh, we're always looking for scans of any type even if we already have them so if you want to if you have a scanner and some manuals please uh, shoot them our way <laughs> I have a pile over here I still need to get the legs mm-hmm. um, where can I find you Mo? Uh, you can find me also on the four T's. The Twitter, the Twitch, the Tube, and the Instagram. So it's okay, all... I say, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's, it's all slash Moolah, which is uh, spelled M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. Uh, I was going to use that in the future, too. I'm like, oh, that's genius. I'm like, wait a minute, there's only two of them with a T. <laughs> <laughs> I was very confused where that was going for a second. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, now we go into sellout mode, which is the best part of the closing piece. Uh, So we have a Patreon. If you wish to support us monetarily, we have a Patreon where we have multiple tiers you can choose from, which provide different levels of rewards for you all. Um from behind-the-scenes stuff to bloopers to Haunt Hunter premieres, which we need to record one soon. Um, God, we need to find time to record one soon. <laughs> yes. That, that <laughs> <is the issue. laughs> we need to find time to record one. Um, with the plan, with you know, discount codes for the merch store, things like that, you get a bunch of stuff just uh, being a patron in the Patreon. We do need to update our tier stuff a little bit now that we are doing these live on retro gaming live tv so we do need to put our creative juices together to figure out some new stuff for you all on the patreon which we are thinking about it's just it time is not on our side Mm -hmm. right now um but we are always thinking about it in the background um we have a paypal if the subscription thing ain't your thing since everything in the world is subscription based now uh, we do have a PayPal. The only thing with PayPal is that we can't tie PayPal to anything SoundCloud or Discord related. So if you do support us through that, please let one of the three of us know. We want to thank you and reward you uh, some way that we can through that. Uh, we have a merch store, merch.thisisgameboy.com. Right. I got it. I got it wrong in the light episode. So oh, <laughs> I, I put I said merch.gbrunners.com. So oh, but you um, corrected yourself. I listened to it. This guy, I didn't even listen to my light episode. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> um, merch.thisisgameboy.com. You can get yourself a T-shirt and a coffee mug. The coffee mug you can see kind of right there in my background. Uh, the T-shirt is probably in that pile somewhere on my couch, and uh, the shirts are nice. Like I've washed mine since July, and it still hasn't faded yet. So, the the shirts either come in Hanes or Gildan 
styled shirts, so it depends on the size and color that you get off of that. Um, but yeah, they're they're nice. They're not bad. And uh, we'll keep your eyes open. We'll have some other special edition ones coming out. Probably not within the next couple of months, but you know, maybe if something big happens, like we hit a million listens on an episode, maybe we'll have a not a Solar Striker shirt, but a, maybe like an Amazing <laughs> Penguin shirt or something. Uh, <laughs> so keep your eyes out, open, keep eyes, ears open for that, especially on Twitter. Um, what else do we got? I think that's it for money and stuff. Okay. Selling out is done. Nailed it. 10 out of 10. <laughs> if you don't want to support monetarily, 100% fine. Please don't feel like you have to. Listening to the podcast is huge enough. Like, we've been doing this for how long, Mo? Three years? Almost four. Almost four almost years. Four, yeah. We know this for almost four years now. And like I mentioned in the year three podcast, if you asked me if I would be doing this three years later, I would have been like, no, nah, we probably would have averaged like 10 listens and no one wants to hear us talk about Game Boy games. But uh, here we are approaching year four um, or end of year four, end of year three, yes. starting year four. There we go. Something like that. Episode 47. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> season three or four of the podcast. And uh, here we are still going strong and listens are going up. So yeah. the more you the more you listen, the more we'll keep doing this. So uh, just listen to the podcast is huge support enough. Leaving reviews on the podcast um, thingies like I, the podcast I, Apple thing and the the Stitcher stuff and things like that. Just leaving reviews there. We have a five star review on Apple Podcasts, by the way, uh, because we're just one hundred percent accurate informationally all the time. <laughs> never, never wrong. Yeah. Always. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just doing that, listening, just being a part of the community, hanging out in Discord, talking to us in Discord hanging out in streams, hanging out on Twitter, wherever it may be, just hanging out with us even is support enough. This gives us a sense that we're doing something right in a way. Mm-hmm. may not be 100% right, but we're doing something right. So something, yes. <laughs> we don't know, probably don't know what it is, but it's something. <laughs> um, so yeah, just hanging out with us, hanging out with the community is, is, is huge support enough as well too. And our community is actually fairly active. We had a little bit of a downtime, mostly because everyone is busy as 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 hell right now. But uh, yeah, our our community is actually pretty active. We have a variety of people coming from sprite creators and composers to listeners to players to speedrunners to people who don't know what a Game Boy is. To we have them <laughs> all over the place. It's actually kind of crazy. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool community that we've built so far. So I'm, and I'm pretty proud of it. Um. So yeah, anything you want to add to that, Mo? I don't think so. I think that's uh, that's about it. I do know that Lex is not gonna be happy uh, Why? because this is a pretty long episode. Weirdly enough, well, because no, I... it's it's not that long. Well, it's, <laughs> it'll be two hours. Yeah, but like the the breaks were kind of long. We had a long maybe, we had a, we had a long intro before we started the episode. 
Then the second break was kind of long because you had to go do whatever you had to do. Like we ended up listening like two or three songs during that break. So <laughs> it'll be it'll be two out. You know what? We're giving her this and so far in advance. Like Yeah, six days in advance. <laughs> that's more than enough. <laughs> She'll oh, be boy. fine. She will be fine. That's that's not the issue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I wasn't expecting Double Dragon to go on for this long. Well, whatever. We were having fun, so that's all that matters. Yeah, and we got to just got to discuss Linda and yeah. And I hope everybody had fun watching this live at least, uh, or is having fun listening to this now. Uh, again, we do have a YouTube, but we don't have like a, an actual URL yet. Uh, don't get the subs yet for yeah it. so um if you are listening to this and would want to watch like watch the video of it like it's up there uh i always post it if i can the same day other uh other times a few days later but i do try to update it uh as fast as i can um and i guess we didn't mention the actual website it's just this is gameboy.com if you need links to anything you can uh, oh yeah i'll can, mention that later you can just uh, go find it there yep this is gameboy.com you can find small little bios of the th- of the three-man team and three-person team three-person team there we go we gotta be gotta be you know whatever three-person team three-man band I don't know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but uh, you can find everything there. So with that, oh, we need to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about next episode. Is it my choice? It is, yeah. This was my, uh, my episode. Well, my choice. Ooh, oh, I don't, shit. I don't have my audio. Okay, good. I say I don't have my list available in front of me. Oh, man, we have so many options right now. Oh, that's Game Boy Advance. We don't want to talk about Game Boy Advance. No one <laughs> wants to talk about Game Boy Advance. Why is my Game Boy sheet so messed up? Well, whatever, it's fine. Let's see here. We can discuss. Did we do? Yeah, we did. We do Hammer and Harry. I feel like we've done Hammer and Harry. Uh, I think so. I feel like we've done Hammer and Harry. I don't want to do Lucky Luke yet. <clears throat> I'm still frustrated at that game. Yeah, we did Hammering Harry. That's what I thought. I'd be surprised if we didn't. 20 episodes ago, actually. 20 episodes ago? That's why I didn't remember it. We've done... God, it's so hard to remember what games we've done already off the top of my head. That's what happens when we get old. <laughs> we can do... We can do Bo Jackson's two games in one. Um, <laughs> that'll be like a that's twenty not. minute, epi- 20 minute <laughs> yeah. episode. Yeah, <laughs> we can talk about George Foreman's KO boxing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can now, but do I want to? That's another. <laughs> it's not good, but uh, let's see here. Have we done Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. Did we really? Yes. What episode was that? Oh boy. Uh, Let's There's see. no way we talked about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We for sure did Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Or maybe we didn't? Wait. 
I'm pretty sure somebody did Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I don't know. I'm not finding it. That is weird. Maybe we just talked about it during a Tiny 10 episode then, but... Oh, maybe. Huh. Because Roger Rabbit would be a good one. You know, uh, and, and yet I still feel like we did it before. <laughs> Is it like, in, in pretty good detail. No, I can't see it, no. But if it's not in the notes, then we didn't do it. Interesting. Interesting. Mm, yeah, it's intriguing. Yeah, I yeah see, I, I, I definitely remember that we talked in great detail about it, but I'm not sure... I think Where it was a tiny 10 that we did it. God damn it. Why can't I find? Yeah, because I'm scrolling through our tracks right now. Yeah, see, in, in, in Tiny 10 9 we talked about it, but I am so sure we talked way more in detail about it. Tiny 10 9, what episode was that? That was episode 11. So episode 27 was Hammer and Harry. Oh, we did Top Gun. Oh, God. I yeah. Top Gun now. Let's see here. Another Bible, Link's Awakening, Alien 3, Pingu, Animania. We did eight. Oh, was a light episode of Animania. That was a light. Yeah. Skate or Die. Spooderman. Crash Test Dummies. Last Action Hero, SGDQ, Toxic Crusaders, that was a fun episode. Darkwing Duck, that was our first big game episode. <laughs> Night Quest, Irem. I mean, we, we haven't done yeah, one. Nine would have been the would have been the Proof Frame Roger Rabbit. Alright, yeah, for, for some reason, I really think we've talked about this but maybe it was just not on the podcast which <laughs> i am so com yeah. co confounded by this actually that we haven't done an actual episode on it so i am too I, so i was either debating either who framed roger rabbit or beavis and butthead because they're both kind of similar <clears throat> both are oddly enough good games yeah, I would rather do Beavis and Butthead then, for sure. Alright, we're doing yeah. Beavis and Butthead then. Hell yeah. I prefer to do Beavis and Butthead over Roger Rabbit right now, too. It's still <laughs> fresh, fresh in my brain. True, yeah. So. Alright, well, the next time you hear from Mo and I together, <laughs> we'll be talking about Beavis and Butthead in the heydays of MTV. Because we gotta get to that, that Guar concert. Yeah. And then the next time you hear from Mo will be a light episode. Uh, oh, oh, do I get to? Yeah, I get to do my moderator duties. Take that. Um, <laughs> first time ever. Feels good, man. Uh, the next time you get to hear from Mo, he'll be doing a light episode on. I forgot what you chose. Um, I'm just gonna be talking about crappy boss fights. At the like crappy final boss fights uh, on uh, on Game Boy, and if anybody still has any like suggestions they have themselves, uh, please join our Discord. Uh, 
you can world. you can you can post your thoughts there. Uh, so it's not gonna be a top ten or anything. It's just gonna be a list of the ones that I at least know, and then I'll go over the ones that got suggested as well. Uh, oh. The fi- it's, it's final boss, final boss of Trip World, every single boss and Viking Prophecy Child. Um, there's probably more. King yeah, DDD yeah. and Kirby, Kirby's Pinball is awful. <laughs> there are there are quite a few, but yeah, I'll, I'll be giving my thoughts on some of them and why they are crappy. And with crappy, uh, it's not hard or too easy. It, it can be anything. It's just a way of the final boss being disappointing uh, compared to like the rest of the game, basically. Yeah. So. So yeah, with that, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for hanging out. Thank you all that watched us live for hanging out with us and chilling. Thank you all for chatting and keeping us entertained while we... uh... This is probably our smoothest live yet because I actually had everything already in place. And we were on time. And this was by far the smoothest episode we've had (laughs) live. So anyway, y'all, thank you all for hanging out. And until next time, peace. All right. See you all later. I'd vote for a longer, longer tune section, maybe double. They're kind of short from time to time. So I actually talked to Legs about that. Um, so the way Legs does it, Legs does it depending on how much she likes the song. So, <laughs> so if the song isn't great, it's only 30 seconds long. But if she likes the song, then it's a minute long. So, <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. That's how the music length gets determined. So I choose the music, and she determines how long it gets <laughs> to play on the podcast episode. So. <laughs>